Listener Production. US stocks take a knock on the back of weaker than expected earnings. And Aussie shares expected to open lower on Wednesday with wages data and also earnings from Intertech Pivot and United Malt Group in focus. I'm Tom. And I'm Ryan. It's Wednesday, May the 17th. Welcome to the Comsec Market Update. Ryan, I must say, it's been quite a stimulating 24 hours. There's been a lot to uh, stick into the mental spreadsheet and get a sense of where things are. But I think what stood out last night, you know, we often talk about how some of the big company earnings are more valuable than the official statistics that we get. And there could be no better statistic in the US than Home Depot. And that report rattled the market last night. Well, it certainly did, Tom. Home improvement companies, there's no better avenue to look at when it comes to consumer (laughs) spending, right? It pretty much says what people are doing on the weekends and you know i, I know my uh, my missy is very fond of home improvement good morning sweetheart if you're listening i know you're not but uh, <laughs> i spend most of my weekends in home improving outlets i don't know about you you're a big fan of bunnings up I'm there in the f- blue mountains I'm, aren't I'm, you i'm less a fan trick Might a ten. i am trying to do what i'm told most of the time in a domestic setting and that involves me being at a either the Bunnings or Mitre 10, scouting for products that are going to make a dent. Water in the features. Yes, and water features. Can. You love those. <laughs> well, and that's exactly what happened last night in terms of the focus on earnings. We did see Chief Financial Officer of Home Depot come out and say, customers in America are buying fewer big ticket items such as patio sets and grills <laughs> and taking on smaller home improvement projects. You know, Home Depot is the original home improvement stores, the world's biggest uh, retailer of its size. And when you see this organization come out with a revenue miss of a billion dollars, so they missed expectations by a billion dollars. Just think about that. that That's the most in 20 years, isn't it? 20 years, yep, since 2002. Wow. So they're expecting uh, the revenue to come in at, uh, what, uh, 38.3. It came in at 372 they downgraded their annual sales forecast uh, to be down in the range of 2 to 5%. Uh, there was a whole thing, a load of things in their commentary, which, look, uh, by itself, that's one thing. But what we've seen over the course of the last 24 hours, you know, we had those weaker figures out of China. We had retail sales numbers in the US, which, depending on how you slice them, were, uh, were either better or worse. But nonetheless, it's the trend. Uh, and then you have a big number like these Home Depot figures, and you understand why investors are in a bit of a ninja crouch anticipating the ongoing impact of higher interest rates. Of course, the Home Depot numbers really reflect the strength of consumer spending at the moment. And then we got the official data for April, and that showed that retail spending lifted by 0.4% in April. That was below market expectations for 0. Half of what the market was looking for. That, that was right, 0.8%. But if you exclude autos and gasoline, we actually saw sales up by 0.6%, exceeding market expectations. So it looks like consumer spending remains reasonably solid, with households boosting purchases at online retailers, as well as spending more at restaurants, bars, and just generally on travel, in a sign of resilience in the face of growing headwinds to the economy. Of course, we've seen about 500 basis points worth of rate hikes by the US Central Bank. On top of that, too, Tom, we did see quite interesting numbers as far as industrial production and also on the housing market front. I mean, the industrial production numbers 
were better than expected, but they have been on a bit of a low base over the course of the last couple of months. So I suppose it was relief rather than celebration. Is that a reasonable description of these, how these figures were embraced? I think so, yes. If you look at the industrial production numbers, they jumped 0.5% in April. Markets are expecting a flat outcome. So there's it's life in the factory, factory sector. factory activity, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, it sounds like a lofty description, but it's what's just happening in um, the, the factory picture. But importantly, picture. on the housing front, we saw home builder sentiment jump to a 10-month high in May at 50 points. So clearly there is some life in the housing market and that will boost some of those construction companies, those home builders on the US share market in the session tonight potentially. Well, interestingly, in the Home Depot numbers, they talked about the moderating prices of lumber, for example. And part of the reason the uh, housing sentiment figure has improved. This is a measure of sentiment amongst home builders. So they're not having to part with those eye-watering sums for lumber. In the early part of the pandemic, those prices just like went off the scale in terms of their increases. So things are normalising. You're just seeing that picture more broadly, aren't you? We did see from Home Depot that colder weather and falling lumber prices hurt sales. So it appears that story might be turning around a little bit for the home builders. But nonetheless, when you see uh, these figures uh, from Home Depot and, and numbers of that ilk, it definitely t- uh, points to uh, what we regard as an inflection point or something changing in the bigger picture. So a lot of attention is paid to it. And at the very least, what we saw in terms of the way the share market responded to this was caution. The sell-off wasn't that aggressive uh, in terms of the broader picture. The Dow Jones finished down by a percent. The S&P 500 finished down by 0.6%, and the NASDAQ was down by around 0.2%. People keeping their powder dry, at least, at the moment. And we've got some bumper earnings to be released in the US tonight. So Target is the next big box retailer out of the block. So look out for that one tonight. And so got- important on the back of the Home Depot numbers, right? Absolutely. And then we've got Lowe's companies next week. Their share price was down by 1.2% overnight and was a bit of a laggard. The interesting thing is that after all of those reports, if you do see some downbeat commentary or disappointing numbers, the perverse thing in terms of the way markets respond is it will actually be seen through a lens of being a bit more positive as far as the interest rate picture is concerned. You might at least see a bit of a lid on shortened long-term interest rates. Well, that's right. We did see, if you look at the government bond yields in the United States overnight, the 10-year was up three points to 3.54%, but the two-year was up more. It was up eight basis points to 4.08%. So, I was a bit surprised by that, to be honest. I I thought that was a a bit more aggressive than the circumstances warranted. Well, we did hear from a couple of those Federal Reserve speakers overnight, Tom. We heard from... (laughs) Richmond Fed President Thomas Barkin. They talk a lot. They must must travel a lot. It's a chat fest, isn't it? Every single day. He said that he was comfortable with raising interest rates further if needed. And then Cleveland Fed President Loretta Mester came out and said she does not think the US Central Bank can hold interest rates steady yet. But but this is just something that we hear day in, day out. That's why I'm surprised that you saw the reaction where the interest rate markets are concerned. Well, there was another overriding feature of the bond market last night. I won't get into the minutiae of it, but we did see Pfizer go to the market with a $31 billion US dollar debt sale. That's a massive sale, and that impacted bond yields as well. 
That is a staggering sum of money to be raising, isn't it? And if you ever just want to consider how fortunate developed economies are, you can look to things like that. When an organization comes to the market and it can borrow that sum of money, that is the miracle of capitalism right there. It certainly is, Tom. So the bottom line, as far as the commodity picture has been concerned, with that uh, that beating drum of moderating activity that has uh, cast a shadow over the commodities space overnight, we saw Brent crude oil and NYMEX light sweet crude oil, the US and European benchmarks, down by almost a half of 1% uh, to $74.91 in the context of Brent crude oil. Uh, gold was easier as well, down by 1.5% to 1,993 US dollars per ounce. Uh, iron ore largely steady, the most recent price of $106.84 US per tonne. Ryan, today on the local front, one of the most important outcomes when it comes to es- estimating what the Reserve Bank is going to do with interest rates, the quarterly wage price index. And the wage price index is the main measure of wages in Australia. And the Commonwealth Bank economists are expecting that wages rose by 0.9% in the March quarter, taking the annual growth rate up to 3.6%. So big focus at the moment on minimum wage outcomes. We've heard from the Albanese government, they're offering public sector workers a 10.5% wage rise over three years, 4% in the first year. But of course, the Australian Public Service Commission has tabled a much higher amount that they would like to see. So so I suppose that the point to make in here in this conversation is uh, before people start hyperventilating about uh, public service wage growth is that they've pretty much been in the mire for a long time. They've now got the opportunity in political terms to prosecute their case for higher wages. But the, the reality is... Um, these numbers tend to undershoot expectations a lot of the time. So if you do see a number north of 3.6 as a rule of thumb, uh, substantially north of 3.6, that's when you might get a little bit concerned about what's going to happen in June with the RBA. Well, that's right, Tom. So really wages do feed into inflationary pressures. So certainly the minimum wage outcome in June and the removal of those wage caps in several states could provide uplift to wages growth and therefore bring the Reserve Bank back into play. It's the highlight of the day and arguably of the last couple of weeks. So 11.30 if you're at a loose end. Well, that's it, Tom. But the other thing to note as well is we've got results today. So on the market, we've got Intertech Pivot, which is an agricultural chemicals company. It's going to release its half-year results. And also we've got United Malt. Uh, It's going to release its earnings too. It's been a takeover target recently. And, of course, we have seen a focus on beer drinkers tightening their belts <laughs> lately in response to inflation. So look out for thought. that in that result today. Indeed. So the Aussie dollar has pulled back a little bit overnight. It's back to 66.5 US cents. We're anticipating a fall of close to a half of 1% for the ASX 200 when it kicks off later on this morning. It's always a pleasure, Ryan. Thanks, Tom. Have a great day. And thanks for tuning in to the Comsec Market Update this morning. This podcast is prepared, approved and distributed in Australia by Commonwealth Securities Limited, ABN 60067-254-399, AFSL 238814. The information does not take into consideration your objectives, financial situation or needs. Consider the appropriateness of the information before acting and if necessary, seek appropriate professional advice. Listener.